episode 20 puck wave podcast finally back took a few weeks off you know hope everybody had a safe thanksgiving and whatnot but you know we're back now and i know you really didn't miss me giving my you know uninformed illogical opinions but like i'm back in your ears now and it feels good we got a good one lined up for you we got our guy neil double state of mind podcast we got like everybody that we post with on instagram like you know we do and it's a lot of fun but me and chell figures our guest like we've actually wound up starting now talking like i randomly said something about yellowstone last night and then that sparked like a whole different conversation yeah. so him and i it's like it's a lot more than just hockey and of course jacob lucas is here uh jackson bowline he's somewhere in minnesota he's making a name for himself out there high school hockey and what he's off covering more high school yeah so like for him it's like it's like if one of us were to, I don't know, I, like there's nothing to compare it to. Like it would be like Texas football. That's really it. But uh, yeah, he'll be back eventually. It's a good comparison, actually. So I feel like the last three of these we've done, at least two, um, I prefaced the whole podcast by saying like, hey, if you're not a Devils fan, blah, 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 because obviously I am. So it's like, you know, we're going to talk about them. But since the last podcast, they've lost one time. And that was three weeks ago. So now it's like, you know, Thanos, they are inevitable. And we will talk <laughs> about them. We have a Devil's Podcast host as a guest today. So, like, we have to talk about them. Um, I want to circle back to the only blemish in the past, you know, the only blemish of the month. Right, Neil? They were 13-1? and one. Yeah, that's correct. The, uh, the Devils set a new um, NHL record for most wins in the month of November with 13, um, courtesy of... Uh, Jacobs New York Rangers so we'll thank him for that one um but yes there was one blemish on the calendar of the month of November and it's uh it, it was definitely a, it was it was definitely a wild one um I'll, I'll leave it at that yeah so I don't I don't want to talk about the loss obviously because like it's been a week and I'm still hot about it I do however I gotta shout my guy out Logan Kemp uh he's a ticket rep for the New Jersey Devils he hooked me and a buddy up he got us you know a great deal for some seats. It was a lot of fun. I was like covered in beer after. Like if I would have had the drive, probably would have been bad because we all know the scene that was Newark, New Jersey that night. I watched mm. a girl in an Austin Matthews jersey get like pelted with some orange juice. While objectively that's funny, I don't condone like throwing <laughs> things. Eric Hall was like, yeah, I got hit with a chicky tend in the dome. That also very funny. Don't condone it. Uh, Yeah. So that was like an insane atmosphere. I I met friend of the show Brat Pack there for the first time, even better in person. Shout literally, out to Brat Pack. I'm not even kidding. His his name is Brat Pack. There was literally a pack of people outside of him, like all three intermissions. It was yeah insane. Uh, extremely happy for the guy. Nobody better. He was incredibly nice to me. So I want to thank him. I want to shout out Logan Kemp, but Neil. This team, as you know, you talk about them as much as anybody on the internet. It's something is happening, right? It's yeah. it's it's past the point of like, oh, you guys are just so desperate for like anything to run with. Like, there's something here. Yeah, I mean, when you look at where this team is through 23 games, and they're 19-4-0, tied with the Bruins for not only first place in the Eastern Conference, but first overall in the National Hockey League, 
at this point, I think it is very fair to say that the Devils should be taken seriously. I think through the first, you know, 10, 15 games, everybody could say, well, the Devils got off to a good start. They've done this before. And then by the time we hit December, they usually fall flat on their face. And by the time we hit the trade deadline, they're towards the bottom of the league. Well, we are now entering the month of December and the Devils are at the top the NHL and just battling and going toe to toe with some of the best teams in the NHL. And granted, I know that a lot of people will say that the schedule has been relatively favorable to the New Jersey Devils, but at the end of the day, you've got to win these games. I mean, there's nothing the Devils can do other than just go out and perform the way they've been, the way they've performed. And the biggest thing, the biggest difference from this team comparatively to the last decade has simply been this, whatever adversity this team faces, they answer the bell. It's next man up mentality. Someone else comes up, makes a big play, contributes to whatever we need to do to win hockey games, and you go from there. You know, we lose Andre Pilat. Who steps in? Fabian Zellin, doing a fantastic job. You know, Mackenzie Blackwood goes down. Vitek Vanacek just easily, easily earning himself the number one spot in net and up for Vesna Trophy talks. I mean, he's now starting to get up there statistically as one of the better goaltenders in the NHL. You know, and, and again, with, with Blackwood being out, a guy like Akira Schmidt comes in 4-0 in the four games that he's played with three of them being starts. Now we're in a situation where Nate Bastion's going to be out for a while, so we get a chance to see Alexander Holtz play on a consistent basis. Uh, John Marino's dealing with a little bit of an injury, but it doesn't seem to be anything major at all, really. But it'll give a chance for Kevin Ball to step in and try to contribute. But the point is, again, is that everybody has bought into this to this team. They have bought into what Lindy Ruff wants to do. They bought into what Ryan McGill and Andrew Burnett have brought to the table. Everybody understands their role, and they do it very, very well. And, of course, you got the big guys. Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt. You got two guys in both Hughes and Bratt, 26 points, and you got Nico with 25. And you got Nico Heischer getting some recognition for maybe a potential Selkie trophy this year. I mean, a lot of different guys are playing super, super well. But the biggest thing that you notice more than anything else about this team is that nobody plays 20-plus minutes a night. Everybody plays relatively around the same amount of ice time every game. And as Miles Wood put it earlier this week, the team's just much fresher later in games. So they're able to be consistently attacking rather than being sluggish towards the end of the game, maybe, you know, giving up a bad goal here or there and ultimately losing the game. They don't take their foot off the gas. They get off to rough starts, as we saw against uh, the Rangers on Monday. They got off to a slow start. But once we got into the second period, the Devils took over. They, the offense just bombarded the Rangers. You know, at several times, the defense was really, really frustrating to, you know, some of the top guys. Zibanejad and Panarin had very little success after the first period because guys like John Marino were making plays to prevent them from really controlling the puck. Um, but it is now time for the rest of the NHL to take the Devils seriously. And I know you see it. I mean, you guys, you guys are on social media. You see it all the time. Every single fan base, every single major media outlet is still having a tough time believing that this devil's team is legit. Um, the one that I have the most issue with is uh spit and chicklets. They clearly have an ax to grind with the devils, um, particularly uh, with, uh, Paul missed the net um, just clearly really not a big fan of the devils for whatever reason, but he always wants to place a bet that we are going to lose. And nine times out of 10, he's pretty much been wrong. Um, but the Devils feed off of all of this. 
They feed off of people saying that they are not for real. They feed off of the fans giving them support at, you know, at places like the garden where you can actually hear a let's go devils chant. I mean, these are things that are clearly showing out. I said it before this team gets good. The fans are going to show up and you're seeing sellout after sellout every night. You're seeing devils fans come out in waves for games on the road. And we've just been rocking and rolling. And, it would have been nice to be on the precipice of setting a new NHL record for most consecutive wins, but we still do have a three game winning streak going for us right now. And also we do have a 10 game winning streak and we're three, we're three road victories away in a row from setting a new NHL record for most road wins in a row. So this devil's team continues to do unreal things and the statistics, the analytics back it up that this team can consistently do this, that they're not going to slow down, that even if they do get some bumps and bruises here or there, they're going to continue to play the way that they're playing and they're going to continue to have success. So overall, it is very much time now as we enter the month of December to take the New Jersey Devils for real. I think Fizz just has a a general Northeast hatred because he had the same thing with the Rangers last year when the Rangers kept coming back in third periods. He would always call them frauds and everything. Like, I just think he has something against the New York, New Jersey area. I mean, it's, 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 I, I guess you could put that out there, but I know, I do remember even in the off season this year, like leading up to the year, he was saying something along the lines of, I don't want to hear another Devils fan try to tell me that this team is on the rise or, oh, we're doing well. Like, you know, shut up. Like, you guys are a poverty franchise, like, and everything like that. And so, you know, again, it's just one of those things where Devils fans and the Devils team themselves take it and use it to their advantage to show the world that they are not a joke. And I keep saying it online. It's that this we are not a joke anymore. Like we're not an easy, you know, game to play against. We make life miserable for literally anybody. You're good. You're back now. While Neil uh, figures that out, I do have to mention that Andre Plot did break his penis weeks ago. That is why he's out. That was the injury? No, no, it's just, no. I mean, that's, a a lot of people are assuming that. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I reported that. There's no way I missed that. I've said it like every single week since it's happened. It's like Just, that in the Johnny Goudreau thing is like the longest running thing that we do. I don't really remember the Palat thing. I mean, I obviously remember the Goudreau thing. He literally went to Hoboken one time and broke his penis. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> but man, I love it. I'd like yeah, to. I'd like to game. point out. Buffalo may actually throw this game. It went to a shootout. Yeah, they're oh, in a shootout they're... right now. I'm oh my it. goodness. They were up four. By the way, if you guys, if you guys are listening to this, they had had a four-one lead in the third period against Detroit. In Detroit, in Detroit, in they Detroit. Are, they're all over Detroit in the, and, in the overtime. And Craig Anderson had just made an unreal save, by the way, an unreal glove save with, to keep it four to one, and then it, and then it, everything, the wheels fell off. That didn't go in. <laughs> no, it's, no, it didn't. No, Craig Anderson made the save. That was a crazy save. Wow. Thompson didn't score either. I do also want to yeah, mention that Rosman Stalin beat Andrew Kopp's ass at the end of overtime. Yeah, Good for yeah. him. 
Um, I like Cop. He he did, he did his job when we when we brought him in. Yeah. Then you guys let him go. We um, couldn't afford him. Yeah. All right. So, a few people did ask Neil and I a few Devils questions. The first one, um, Chell Figures and Jake. I apologize. You guys really won't remember this one at all, and it will be of no importance okay. to you. So, Neil, what would you rather have? The BMW line, which is Nate Bastion, Miles Wood, uh, um, and Michael McLeod. Michael, Michael, Michael McLeod. I yep. understandably forgot that one. Um, would you rather have that line or the 2012 Devils fourth line? So either the BMW line or the CVGV line. Right. Okay. Well, you know, that's tough. And I have to go with the CVGV line. And that's mainly because of the fact that that fourth line wasn't really created until towards the end of the 2011, 2012 regular season. And then once they got into the playoffs, they became the line that when you needed a big goal and you needed a big moment in a game, they came through. And Ryan Carter, who is a, you know, a friend of, you know, the devil's state of mind podcast, and he's been on the podcast before, you know, he came up with the big time goals. And if you look back to, and I'm sorry again to bring this up with Jacob uh, right here, but if you go back to game five of the, the 2012 conference finals, the Rangers had just come back from down three goals and Ryan Carter quiet, quieted the entire garden by scoring a goal from a, you know, right in front of the slot. He was just left open in the slot after a puck came from the corner. And he also got a big goal as well in, uh, in game six is, you know, also, you know, Steven Gianta made some good plays. Uh, unfortunately for Steve Bernier, he's going to be remembered for what happened in game six of the, the cup final, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure is still a, a sticking point with him. But I think overall, they just, because of the fact that they were in the playoffs and they made those contributions in the playoffs, you know, that's why I would go with it. As much as I love the BMW line, I do, because they come up with, with points. I mean, hell, the fourth line came through anyway uh, against the Rangers on Monday, and um, Nate Bastion wasn't even playing, uh, which is a good which is a good thing for this team. Um, but I think overall, I think when, you th- when you think about impact, I would definitely say for now, I would still lean towards the CVGV line. Uh, the Sabres just won in the shootout, by the way. They did manage to hang on so to the two points. So they snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. After <laughs> almost blowing the victory. Also, yeah. Mitch Marner just just uh, set a new Leafs record for points streak. He just got to 18. Wow. Oh, on actually? Empty, on, an, on an empty net goal, by the way. <laughs> Still a point. So <laughs> when I was at the Leafs-Devils game last week, I was sitting in front. No. Yeah, I was in front of this girl, her obsession with Mitch Marner was like borderline stalkerish. I think she had like a high school Jersey. Every single time he was even on the ice, there was a picture taken of him. I swear to God, I said like, I don't like Mitch Marner out loud. I thought this woman was going to kill me. I thought I was going to be dead in the Prudential center. Cause I don't was like, she like Mitch a teen- Marner. was she like a teenager? And uh, she was probably like, I'm 23. She's probably like my age, maybe a little older than me. But it was so like basically, so like more close to my, I'm 25. So I guess more, 
yeah range she Fair she enough. was maybe like a mitch marner groupie i don't know like uh, mitch marner is very popular on twitter he does have a lot of uh female followers that's for sure he is like one of the most like talked about players on you know twitter by people not even for ability <laughs> now you know like the past two and a half weeks yeah because scored a point in every game but he's a very talked about figure on there um mm-hmm. back to the original question at hand I was incredibly skeptical of this BMW line uh, preseason because, like, you didn't know what you were going to get. Michael McLeod, everything going on there, you know, that was up in the air. Miles Wood is never on the ice, like, consistently until this season. Nate Bastion, he's a similar one, especially in Devil's Twitter. And, Neil, I'm sure you know, Nate Bastion is a very popular player. And when the Devils let him go to the Kraken in the expansion draft, that was a terrible yeah. day. And then they got him back. And the people remember the exact date that they got him back, which was like last week or something. And yeah. they were calling it like Nate Bastion's gotcha day. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I love the New Jersey Devils. I wouldn't have remembered when we regained Nate Bastion. I had uh, I had no idea until the broadcast mentioned yeah. it. And I think it was the game against the Sabres in Buffalo. They were like, oh, yeah, on this day a year ago. The Devils reacquired Bastion, and in my brain, I didn't mean to be mean to Bastion, but I was also like, "And this matters because, like, yeah, you know, he's just cool." Yeah, another one. He's just... got. He has a cult following. He does. Just yeah, ran out of uh, shit to say on the broadcast. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's my only explanation for it. I, yeah, no, I that's really got anything. It's very fair. Um, then the other two. One was, will the Devils make the playoffs? I mean, like, I'm not Keith Yandel. At this point, the Devils would, like, have to play below 400. So they would have to, like, you know, lose six out of every 10. I really doubt that's going to happen. They would have to do some pretty historic losing. And I mean, historic. So you're telling me it's possible. Yeah, yes, obviously Jacob. it is. Yes, we are telling you. Hockey is a magical, unpredictable sport, as I always say. So you never know what could really happen. It's but not the chances happen. of it happening are very slim, so don't get your hopes up. I would say, if any team would go less than four hundred and lose out after a hot start, it'd be the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we all just gonna say <laughs> probably the Leafs. Yes, I would imagine so. Um, but yeah, I think, and it's tough for me to say because I said to myself, and I said it on the podcast that I wasn't going to fully believe that this team was different until, you know, we got to like January and we were still in it, but I just didn't expect the team to be where we are right now through 23 games. And so right now with the situation at hand, you know, people are talking about what are the devil's chances of winning the president's trophy? And I'm just like, can we just make the playoffs? Like, I don't care about the president's trophy. Hell, even if we don't win a division, so what can we make the playoffs? Can we be in the dance, you know, can we give ourselves an opportunity to do something and finally get out of this rebuild? Like that was my hope going into the season, get into the playoffs. And so far they put themselves in the driver's seat to do just that with, uh, with a lot of space to, um, to make mistakes, which again, not even, we're only like what a quarter of the way into the season. So we got a lot of hockey left to play. But I think right now, if you were to ask me straight up if the Devils make the playoffs, I would say yes. 
I wouldn't I, even want the President's Trophy. If yeah, I was, I, I was, if I was a say, Devils fan. It's a curse. Yeah, let the Bruins. It's get also it. like a waste. Like it's a worth to me person. It's a worthless trophy. What does it do? It what gets it you do? eliminated from the playoffs very early. <laughs> Great, you know, like honestly, like it just like I, I don't see the point. It's like, it's it's. I don't know. I just like I, I I've argued this with people about Major League Soccer when you win the Supporter Shield at the end of the regular season. It's like what is that? That's not that's not the trophy at the end of the year. You still got to get in the playoffs. So there's literally no point to having this trophy. Yep. Like so, you know, I, I don't care about I don't care about the President's Trophy. I don't care about the Devils. You know, do I? You know, do I want them to win as many games as possible? Yeah. Like you know. I just, I just want them in the playoffs. I want to be able to go to a Devils playoff home game for the first time in a while. Like I want that, and I want to start doing well. So that's the way I look at it. Um, the last one was about Luke Hughes and Simon Nemich. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like Hughes will play later on in the year, so I'm excited for that. Nemich probably next year. Um, yeah. I do think that that's like the top D line pair for the future, mm-hmm. but I mean, like for now, it it's you know, it's just speculation and hype that we would be like saying. I mean, at the end of the day, with both of those guys, you know, the, at least with Luke Hughes, there's a good chance he's going to compete for a spot next year. Uh, Simone Nemetz, you know, he seems to be doing relatively well down in Utica, and I think he's going to play the whole year down there. And I expect Luke Hughes to be down in Utica when his um, when his season at Michigan comes to an end. I think the Devils are very big on not forcing, not getting throwing these guys right in there and trying to get them to you know try to make impacts. You know there aren't that many Kale McCars in the world that come in right away and make a major impact. Um, and the Devils' defense, at least for this season, is pretty much set. You know with Siegenthaler, um, Hamilton, uh, Marino. Uh, um, Steverson, you know, di- you know, all these different guys, Ryan Graves, like we don't have a lot of space to make a lot of moves, but again, things can change as the year goes along, but I would expect the next year or two that both of those two will be in the NHL playing for the Devils. Yeah. Like Hughes, I really expect to finish in Michigan because I don't think Severson will be here. So, you know, it'll kind of be like a rotating door for a little mm-hmm. bit and then I think Hughes at some point and then you know hopefully in the playoffs and he gets some valuable experience there it, it couldn't hurt it really can't hurt if doubles in the playoffs and you get a chance for Luke Hughes to play he gets major experience right away in a high intense situation I think that was one of the big things for Kale McCarr that his first NHL game was in the playoffs I think that was kind of like the big thing with that yeah and you know it doesn't like Look at Matty Beneers. He the same exact thing. Went to Michigan, then he came up with the Kraken last season, played eight games, and now you know, look at him. He's a grown ass man out there, playing on teams that put up nine goals and you know, a little over sixty minutes. Like that was, besides the fact that it was started at like ten thirty at night, which is just so annoying on the East Coast. That was, I don't know, top five craziest games I'd ever watched. That game, that game was on all sorts of drugs. That game was, was a on football the, score, and yeah. it got and it got a goalie put on waivers today. Like wow, Cal Peterson, Peterson, Peterson didn't even start the game last night. 
That's yeah. the crazy part. He didn't even start the game. But to be fair, he's been really bad. Like he's given up three or four goals a night um, in the last yeah. seven or eight games he's played. But still, I mean, it it literally forced somebody to lose their job. That's that's how weird that game was. If he doesn't get claimed off of waivers, he'll be sent down to the AHL with Ontario. He's, he's not going to get claimed off waivers because it's in the, he's he's in the first year of that three year fifteen million dollar deal, and I don't think anybody has the cap space to even make that work. I mean, after that showing last night, why would you be like, yeah, like let me get five million dollars to Cal Peterson, you know? Just you know, the Kings got to just deal with it. They can still they can still ride with Jonathan Quick. It's not necessarily a bad move. This is not this year, he's not terrible. No. This year, his goals against average is three point seven five. Yeah, his save percentage is or where's that? I just lost his save percentage. Uh but he has five wins for three win. Uh, Five wins, three losses, and two overtime losses this season. So he's so he's, he's basically five hundred. Yeah, he's not a not the greatest goalie. He's definitely a backup goalie. It's true. Yeah, but why would they pay him five million dollars? Because they have no uh, other option. Yeah, yeah, but anything time, is better than that. I mean, I mean, Going the goalie market this past off season wasn't that great. Is Vanacek even goal. making five? Vanacek is making three, I think. Three. And that was because the Devils re-signed him for like two years yeah, after the trade. When they, when they traded him, when they traded for him, he was a restricted free agent. So mm-hmm. basically we traded for his rights and then we re-signed him. Okay. So this is the first year of a three-year new deal that he's he signed with the Devils. He, he's getting paid five now. Five mil? All right, so it's five mil. But it's worth it. It's con- he signed a three-year contract with a total value of $15,125,000. Yep, that's a cheap that's that's cheap deal. Yeah. For a guy playing for at the level he's been playing it. Yeah. yeah. For guys playing at that level, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Besides last night, if you guys watched it all, have you had the pleasure of watching the Seattle Kraken? Yes, and they are... Other than obviously the Devils, they're one of the most fun teams to watch on a night-to-night basis. Like they are full of energy, full of youth, full of excitement. And the funniest thing about it is that Martin Jones has found the fountain of youth in Seattle. Like, I don't know, like, cause he sucked for, you know, at the end of his time in San Jose and then in Philadelphia. Um, and then he goes to Seattle and he's kicking butt. And Philip Grubauer looks like one of the worst free agent signings in the last couple of years because he has been absolutely hard garbage. Getting Andre Burakovsky was a great move. Matty Beniers looks like not only could Matty Beniers definitely win the Calder, but he's a guy that could really do major damage long-term, like in a good way. And this is, by the way, with Shane Wright being sent down to the minor leagues. So once Shane Wright gets the right move. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying that that wasn't yeah. the right move, which I think, by the way, Seattle getting Shane Wright in the, you know, in the draft, I think was phenomenal for them because they were not expected for him to be there at, what was it, pick five, pick six? I, uh, or, I think four. Or pick four. four. I mean, he wasn't expected to be where, you know, he ultimately ended up. But I think you're seeing Ronnie Francis slowly build a very exciting and very fun team to watch. Um in Seattle and it's a cool hockey market. And I think the fans definitely are excited about it. And I hope for their sake, they make the playoffs. Cause I think that would be a lot of fun to see a playoff game in Seattle. Yeah. Seattle is a very like the Pacific Northwest really. It's just a, a big, you know, 
weird melting pot of people. And, you know, it's represented by, you know, they the players throwing the fishes out to the fans after games. And they really love their, like, crocheted Kraken, like, beanies, which are, like, terrifying to look at. But, you know, whatever makes you happy makes you happy. A for and, effort. Yeah. And, Neil, you know, it's like you said, like, they're a perfect group of people that you want to see rewarded for their loyalty, even though, you know, it's their sophomore season. And that's fine. I mean, they have a young team. The, the reason why they're probably more like than what Vegas is because you have a young team that is trying to build from the ground up. And they have a lot of guys who are getting bigger minutes that they weren't getting in some other places. And they're having success. And I think that's what it's all about. And I think that's when, you know, the rest of the league will respect Seattle and say, you know, hey, you know, this is, you know, they're, they're doing it right. They're, they're doing it the way that everybody wants them to do it. Yeah, and that's like when everybody was like, "Oh my god!" After the the success that Vegas had, it's they it was two totally different approaches. Vegas knew that their window would be very short, and they wanted to maximize their opportunity. Seattle is like set up and will be set up for like a long time. Exactly. Great. Exactly. Yeah, the two completely different approaches. One of which, I mean, you can argue how well it paid off. I guess they got to a Stanley Cup final in their first year in the NHL. You can argue how well that paid off. But like you said, the Seattle Kraken are set up for development. They're set up for future success in the next five to ten years. I mean, Vegas, it's taken them three to five years to start to foster that talent they need to have sustainable success. And then they just, like, kept getting rid of them, and they won't really have much in the future because of, like, the Eichel trade and the other things. And then trading, like, the original players for absolutely nothing in return, and, you know, it's just a whole big mess. Yeah, very much so. So the team that was trailing the New Jersey Devils, or was in front of them and the Devils were playing catch-up too, were the Boston Bruins, a team that was one of three that, you know, potential last dance situation, and they're the only one that's actually, you know, lived up to that moniker. It's the Boston Bruins. Uh, mm. Chell figures, I want to let you go first here. What are you making of the 2022-2023 Boston Bruins. I think they're a very talented team. I obviously the uh, the last dance I idea is I think it's true. Uh, it's uh, Bergeron, Krejci, I'm missing someone else. Uh, but they're making the most of their probably last good uh, probably last good season with those three players mm -hmm. and. I, I forget the record right now, but it's, it's second in the league. They're maximizing their opportunities. They're going for risks in games that you don't see other teams doing. I uh, can't think of any off the top of my head. I haven't been watching their games, but they're just they're maximizing their opportunities. They're giving their players minutes. They're they're alternating goalies, which is super helpful with keeping their goalies fresh. And overall, they're just playing. They're playing really good. A really good cycle of hockey, and there's nothing, not much else to say to it, to be honest. Yeah, Jake, what about you? I mean, just the players that they need to show up have. I mean, Olmark's been one of the best goalies in the season so far. He's probably the top or one of the top Vesna contenders. Pasternak's just been on a point scoring streak. I mean, they're 13 and oh at home they haven't lost at home yet 
just, I mean, like the Devils prior to the loss against the Leafs, they're just on an absolute heater. It's one of, and no one expected it, you know? I mean, people were like, oh, it's the last dance. They're going to give it their all. Like, we heard those, but no one really thought that the Boston Bruins, pretty old, you know, pretty gritty, but not a very fast team, not Mm -hmm. necessarily the most skill-based or technical-based team compared to, like, the younger talent that's out there now have just been dominating the competition night in, night out. It's just clearly that they are on a different level of hockey than almost every other team in the league, and it just comes as a real shock to me. If I can add on top of that, I just I just Googled their stats. I'm looking at the Atlantic Division. The Bruins have, for the season so far, 30 – no, sorry, 88 goals for and 48 goals against. You look at the Maple Leafs, Sure, they have their second in the division. They have sure they have 35, which is pretty close to 38, but they also, or no, they have 76. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong number. Uh, they have the Bruins have 88 goals for and 48 against the Maple Leafs have 76 for and 62 against, which is a massive difference in goals against 48 to 62. Yes. You and then that goes through the entire the the entire conference. You look at the Lightning; they they've given up seventy one. The Red Wings have given up seventy. Uh, the Panthers mm. have given up eighty one. The Canadians seventy seven. Sabers eighty three, and the the Senators seventy four. So their 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 goal in the Olmark right now is just playing on top of his head for this team, and they're just. Their defense and goal goaltending situation right now is just insane. Neil, I will let you have the last word on the Boston Bruins and how you feel about them. Well, obviously, that first matchup between the Devils and Bruins on December 23rd is going to be one hell of a game, is it not? I mean, considering how both of these teams have been playing since the season started, it is really remarkable. And I think, you know, and, and to kind of go off of what Jacob was saying, I mean, this is the last dance clearly for the Boston Bruins for this core. Um, and everybody expected them to, you know, play hard and have success in the regular season, not at the level that they're playing at right now. I don't think anybody would have expected that. I don't think anybody would have expected Linus Allmark to be playing at the level that he's playing at right now. And he definitely right now is at in first place, at least in my opinion, for Vesna Trophy. He's been tremendous in net for the Bruins. And then you got Pasternak, who in a contract year, remember, He's trying to get a big money deal, whether that's in Boston or whether that's from another team in the offseason. He's point per game. Um, Patrice Bergeron playing very well. David Krejci playing really well in that second line. Taylor Hall even has made a lot of really good contributions. You know, up and down that, that team, you're seeing contributions from everybody. And I think that's really what it's about. They bought into Jim Montgomery's, you know, style of play. They've gone from there. And I think at the end of the day, I don't see them slowing down anytime soon either. I think that they're going to continue to have the success that they're having because this is the Boston Bruins. Sorry. Also, Hampus Lindholm right now, probably top contender for the Norris Trophy. He's up there. He's certainly. I don't. That might be a bold statement to call him the top contender, but I mean, if you were to call the the season right now, he's a finalist. And you know, if you said there was going to be a Boston Bruin defender as the finalist, you'd say Charlie McAvoy. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you, I you, prob- you probably. I mean, like that's who you'd expect. McAvoy's not even playing at like the the greatest level either, but he's still playing well. 
Yeah, but that's who you'd expect. Like you wouldn't expect right, exactly. Campus Lindholm. Like it's these it's these players who you wouldn't really expect to see stepping up. Like you said, Olmark. What like no one would have called his name for no. the best goalie in the league. Nope, nope. And, but and I would have called Logan Thompson. Fair enough. Logan Thompson still, and he's still playing pretty well. Although Vegas has struggled a little bit of late. Um, but I think when you look at Boston overall, the success of the Bruins, is anybody really like totally, su- like completely surprised? No, because it's the Bruins. Like this is what they've been doing for years. Um, the big question for them is going to be once they get into playoffs, because, you know, they went out, they went out in seven games, you know, against the Hurricanes, but they couldn't get a win on the road. They just really struggled with that. Um, and you know, I don't know how long of a rebuild the Bruins are going to have, but I think the big question is, can the Bruins convince David Pasternak to stay and be a part of that? I mean, he would be a really, really good stepping stone for your rebuild, but he's in the prime of his career right now, and he wants to win. Is he going to be okay with a Bruins team that maybe is not as successful as they once were and things like that. And, and obviously you don't want to get ahead of yourself. And you don't want to think, you know, six months from now or whatever, but it is a good question because looking at the success of the team right now, you know, can you get something done? I think that's really the big thing. And with him playing at the high level that he is, his number went from making about 10 million per year to maybe 11 and a half pushing 12, just because of how, how well he's played so far, although I will say this, most of his production comes from the power play, um, you know, not as much even strength, but he's still a very, but he's still like one of the best players in the NHL. But I think overall with Boston, you know, they're going to continue to have a lot of success. And like I said, that first matchup between the Devils and Bruins in a couple weeks is going to be really, really big because it's a really good opportunity to see two of the best teams in the NHL go at it and see, you know, see what type of results we get. But very impressed so far and a little surprised with what the Bruins have been doing so far. Yeah, I mean, you guys said it better than I could have. There's no other thoughts. Like, Boston Bruins are better at hockey than I will ever be at anything in my life. Um, <laughs> so, with that being said, it is that time of the show. Chell figures, tell everybody about the IG, tell everybody about what you got going on floor is yours all right so chill figures what is it uh we are nhl reporting uh instagram account uh we've been operating since 2020 so our idea well, uh, we were bored and me and my friend letty wales i gotta i gotta shout out the three guys that helped me uh letty wales uh sorry and canon uh Cannon came on a little bit later, but the, those two, uh, the, with the weird names, they're they're Native American. We're an all Native American, uh, based Instagram account, I guess. And our idea was, we're bored. We love hockey. We miss hockey. Let's make an Instagram account. Let's let's try to give, uh, give fans some real news because at that time it was just a bunch of questionable what's gonna happen blah 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 so we decided to make it and we've been running i'd say on and off uh for the last uh 
two two and a half years now. This year we're we're stepped up. We stepped it up. Um, yeah, we base we provide news, uh, stats, uh, uh, highlights from games, courtesy of the Puck Wave. Um, just just interesting, interesting uh, content. Just the the bring life to uh, to the NHL and bring uh, bring fan fan base. Uh, to it, uh, try do what like the uh, the NBA and NFL, all those people have. Yeah, it's a really good way of putting it, Neil. I mean, you need no introduction or outro, but you know we would be remiss. Tell everybody about the Instagram, Twitter, the podcast. Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you guys so much for having me on the pod. This is a lot of fun. Um, always love coming on and you know coming on people's um you know podcast shows and just talking hockey most specifically the new jersey devils and uh yeah if you want to check out the podcast it's called the devil's state of mind podcast uh sponsored by the hockey podcast network uh big sponsors obviously DraftKings sportsbook so shout out to those guys but you can check out the podcast literally wherever you listen to podcasts so apple spotify google anywhere you listen to podcasts search devil's state of mind and you will find it new episodes come out every monday and thursday usually between a half hour to an hour long. And uh, a lot of the time I you know, talk about the team. I have uh, interviews with former players and even current, you know, people within the, you know, involved with the devils and things like that. We have a lot of, we've had a lot of great guests so far. It's uh, the devil state of my podcast is now one of the top 100 listened to hockey podcasts in the United States. So thanks everybody for all the support you guys have been giving me really appreciate it. Thank you guys as well here on, um, on this podcast, but you could also follow us on Twitter at Devil State. You could follow us on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. And if you somehow still have a Facebook and you're bored, why don't you go over and uh, give us a like on Facebook as well? Um, every little bit helps. And uh, again, new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Devil's State of Mind podcast, the number one place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. Damn, you're like in the top 100. That's like makes me feel like way shittier about like 212 yeah it makes <laughs> well i mean like I mean, it's all relative and stuff and you know it's like you know we were off a few weeks so i was like hey we're still charting but uh but yeah we'll be back eventually maybe next week maybe not i don't know i gotta stop like blocking us into things um it was a pleasure having both you boys on here i hope you both know you. that johnny goudreau is a whore columbus fucking <laughs> sucks uh he deserves it that's Every day just gets a little bit better that Johnny Gaudreau is stuck in Columbus for the next seven years. Yeah. Did he sign oh. a seven year? I think it's like seven years, whatever the hell it is. I don't seven. Care. It doesn't matter. Seven it's like, it was so like high. seven years at 12-something million. Dude, yeah. what a joke. What yeah. a joke. I'm like, I'm like 30 minutes from Columbus at school. I want to I want to come back home, but I don't want to be too close to home. Yeah, okay. So go to Columbus, Ohio. That makes sense. Yeah. No disrespect <laughs> to you, Jacob, but seriously, like – uh, no, no, it's just the school I chose. I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't really, I'm indifferent about Columbus. I've like grown to like him a little more just by virtue of like being close proximity. But I, I like mean, Goudreau hasn't brought the, Goudreau hasn't bought, brought the boost they really hoped for. And uh, anybody yeah. that's saying, oh yeah, the contract is already working out for Columbus, it's not. It's not. not. I mean, winning. like maybe part of it's line A, like not being there. That is a big blow to Columbus, but like still, 
you know, you brought in a big, like big name player and he's not producing. Where is the other support throughout the team? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau would be flying high right now if he was in New Jersey, but you know, it's his loss. Yeah. (laughs) Hate that guy. All right. Thank you guys. We'll be back next week. Oh, thanks for uh, 800 on Instagram at the puck wave. Twitter someday I'll get there. TikTok whenever I feel like it. Uh, that's it. Be a friend. Tell a friend. We're out. Thank you.